No matter what anybody tells you, words and ideas can change the world. Don't make a bit of sense to me. If that's what being crazy is, then I'm senseless, out of it, gone down the road, wacko. But no more, no less. Welcome to Unhinged, episode 25, recorded September 11th, 2016. 25 shows. That's amazing. 25 shows. That's a quarter of a hundred. <laughs> yes. No, that is, it is amazing. And given the circumstances and what we're dealing with, uh, that's, that's quite an accomplishment. I totally agree. I think it's, uh, it's a great milestone and here's to another 25. I don't drink, but, uh, here's to it. Here's to it. <laughs> so, um, so are you still feeling good? Are things still, you know, working out with this yes. new GBS setting? Yes. Um, yes. Uh, this uh, setting was done on the 31st um, of the month. So we're the 11th. So, yeah, this is 11, you know, this is a couple of weeks now. That's great. Um, and, and the quality of it and the, l- the lesser side effects uh, making this really sort of a more uh, clear-cut uh, sense of remission. Right. So, um, so far, so good. Really. And remind us again what uh, constitutes a true remission. Well, you know, textbook would be um, uh, at least two months without any major depressive um feelings and mm-hmm. you would score at least on the ham d scale the hamilton scale um a seven or below um which i'd be on the low end there now um and uh so that's there's your your criteria so right now it's a you know technically it's a partial remission but how i feel is better than our last remission show that's amazing so yeah and, uh, you know, now we're sort of shifting gears. We're kind of leaving the world of psychiatry uh, in a large way. And I actually formally bid adieu to my psychiatrist. Uh-huh. Um, now my primary physician, uh, who's a, actually a, a personal friend that I grew up with, um, is taking the point. Um, and now I'm working with with uh, the people in uh, neuroscience, neuroimaging, and genetics, which mm-hmm. neuro, neuroimaging and, and genetics is really what I owe the success to right now. These are two major components. Right. And your, so. your previous psychiatrist, just uh, you, your case was basically beyond him at this point. Not basically, f- fully, and yeah, there was just nothing he could do, and and you know, fortunately, I'm I'm oversensitive, and maybe he is too. In a way, it came off sort of as, you know, that he didn't care, and he was sort mm-hmm. of, you know, but you know, uh, as my primary physician, you know, and I told him about it, and he sort of, um, you know, just he thought what I thought that he was probably just frustrated that he couldn't do more. Right. Um, you know, I mean, they have certain confidence about them. They've worked hard and a lot of schooling, but it's a totally different animal. And um, there really was nothing else he can do but just sort of 
you know, be there for me and, and write scripts and, and yep. get his kickbacks from Pfizer. So, um, you know, well, I hopefully, say that out loud. <laughs> hopefully this switch will be a very positive one for you. It, you know, I think, and I explained it fairly well, I think last time you can see how this is sort of like it's coming together and it's making sense. Mm hmm which in this show, I want to kind of just reiterate things and, and um, the differences of before and after, and, and, uh, but also sort of uh, make sure everyone's got that knowledge base of sort of you know, exactly what these things are and, and um, so they can sort of put this together in their mind. But it, Yeah, you had mentioned that you had some thoughts to share with us about uh, the brain imaging. Well, first, before I forget, obviously, this is the anniversary of uh, the terrorist attacks of 9-11. So it's right. quite a, uh, um, an important day. And yesterday, uh, as we posted from our Unhinged page um, with Robin Williams on the cover, um, that yesterday was World Suicide Prevention Day. And right. everyone at 8 p.m. was to put a candle near a window and light it and uh hey that's a, that's a good thing that's that's you know it brings awareness validation yes. awareness and validation and and you know uh this is a disease just like any physical ailment and any neurological ailment and mm -hmm. uh it's it's really you know and that's why you know i don't want to get too technical and and you know uh, lose everyone but uh, this is um you know, real. We're talking about the forefront of science here, and, mm -hmm. and uh, everyone should really sort of understand some things about the brain that we didn't, or we might take for granted, or just sort of misunderstand. Right. Um, so, uh, I guess I could start by sort of. I just wanted to sort of clarify what sort of what brain imaging is. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and if you don't mind sitting through that one, I'll, I'll kind of keep it brief. Yeah, sure. Let's, but let's it, hear it. You know, I mean, it, it is the neuroimaging and genetics that are two real big components now. And, you know, studies on the serotonin transport gene that I told you about. And, mm -hmm. you know, combining neuroimaging and genetic methods, um, you know, it's, it's, it's finding a lot of things out about the brain that we didn't know. And there's a lot of uh, interesting connections between the genetics and, and what they can see in the, in the imaging. And through the imaging, you know, we're seeing, um, you know, things that I, that I talked about, the, the singular gyre, it's, uh, it's sort of quieting down the overactive amygdala, which is mm -hmm. our emotion uh, center. Um, and the singular gyrus and the amygdala are part of the limbic system of the brain. Um, and I, again, have that short, short genotype um, as opposed to the long, long genotype. Right. And people are going to read that. They'll see the word polymorphism. Um, and it sounds fancy, but it's really just, you know, um, two or more alleles um, occurring at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, so it's uh, as opposed to monomorphism. But anyways, that's a little too fancy. <laughs> um, but the digital imaging, you know, there are a variety of different types of digital imaging modalities and the reason so many different ones have arisen is because 
one has different strengths and limitations, and um, they often involve sort of trade-offs between, um, you know, spatial resolution and temporal resolution. There's all kind of fancy yeah. talk there. Um, different kind of signals that they can measure. Right. Um, the temporal resolution basically means how fast an event in the brain can be measured. Um, with imaging, you you have some measurements that are quite slow in temporal resolution and some of that are quite fast in temporal resolution. So um, the fastest one, which uh, can really, you know, get at real-time events, would be electrical imaging or magnetic imaging. Mm -hmm. So magnetoencephalography or Which MEG, is what you, what you had recently. Yes, uh, yeah. that would be now considered, you know, one of the more the most popular new imaging modalities because mm -hmm. uh, its advantages it it can literally measure brain function as fast as the brain is working within a millisecond time window that's amazing uh, so in contrast like a, a pet scan uh, would be an example of a slow resolution technique and you know, many of the pet images that we obtain or the doctors do um to look at dopamine receptor functions and glucose and other things, um, they have a time window uh, that's more on the order of about 10 minutes. Mm. So, you know, you can't measure the fast changes associated with mental operations and cognitive functions right. uh, so well as you can do with imaging modalities with a fast temporal resolution. So, so I, can, I can totally see how the different types of imaging are will work for different use cases uh yeah. so you, you'll need the fast imaging uh for for things like what what you were using it for uh to see instant reactions to to different stimuli uh, mm -hmm. whereas i think the slow one is is great for seeing overall uh brain processes and and how the brain is formed and things like that right and it's and then now it's through genetics where we know, you know, um, that the amygdala is overactive, likely undersized, and, and what the cingulate gyrus is supposed to do. So mm -hmm. um, hippocampus is also affected because that is your memory center. Um, so, and it's in the limbic system as well. So it's, uh, there really could be three parts of the brain that are undersized. Um, but DBS is, you know, thanks to Helen Mayberg, uh, has been a, a, an incredible um, research find. I mean, it's uh, if you just take my story alone, this thing should have no problem getting uh, FDA and Health Canada approval. Right. So. And it um, has been. It's been used for other things um, before uh, it was attempted to use be used for depression. Well, the thing about depression and, and the intractability is that it's been harder to locate the right. So they've done studies on focusing on the cingulate gyrus. They've also done it, you know, within the uh, other parts of the prefrontal cortex and the limbic system. So they've tried other areas too. Yeah. But the best results have been area 25, um, mm -hmm. the cingulate gyrus, um, you know. And I'll just sort of paraphrase uh, paraphrase uh, Helen Mayberg in that it turns out unlike what, what they thought 30 years ago where the focus was on the frontal lobe, uh, that this, you know, neuropathology of depression, it's really crosstalk between various 
ancient limbic or emotion centers of the brain, um, hence the amygdala, mm-hmm. uh, that controls, it drives the cingulate, the hypothalamus and the brainstem and the amygdala. Uh, so they work in combination uh, and they're, they're communicating in, in, with thinking areas of the brain, mm-hmm. which is predominantly the frontal and, and parietal cortex. So it turns out that with imaging, we're able to evaluate the brain uh, in action and literally identify nodes in different parts of the brain that aren't functioning properly. Uh, but it's not just one region, it's the combination of regions. So it's really the crosstalk between the limbic and the emotional areas that are being overactive in right. combination with thinking areas of the brain being underactive. And on so, top of that, even though they were able to pinpoint the cingulate gyrus as you know the, the area of interest, uh, mm-hmm. the DBS still needs... Um, different tweaks to to see how it reacts so it's not like saying oh the cingulate gyrus is the culprit just you know stick the dbs in there and we're good no then you have to adjust the dbs and mm-hmm. try out different uh different modes of it and and different uh, power settings and all that just to to see what reacts and i'm sure it would react very differently for different people well and you're talking about you know you know, when they make an adjustment and you, it's so, it's something the eye couldn't even see. It's so subtle, you yeah. know, it's nanometers, you know, if it's measured in that. It's, right. Uh, so, you know, it, this magnetoencephalography has made it like something that you, it's like playing a video game. It's tangible. It's something you can see. Yeah. Uh, you can, we can see real time what the brain is doing. Never before. Yeah. So it's it's pretty incredible. So actually, I thought I would give you a little bit of frame of reference of sort of, um, this was based on a, a brain video series that I had told you about. Mm-hmm. Um, and really well done. And it, it was talking about um, some of the, sort of the classic uh, landmarks and, and uh, doctors and studies that have that sort of started all this stuff. One of the questions that scientists have grappled with, you know, over many years, over all these years, is the relationship between reason and emotion. Mm-hmm. So, like, I see myself as a, ras- a rational creature, yet I can be overwhelmed by my feelings. Yep. Uh, so it started with J.B. Watson, who was out of John Hopkins University in Baltimore, um, and he was asking, you know, where do emotions come from? Are we born with them? Do we learn them? And Watson believed that we're born with three basic emotions, love, fear, and rage. And this is going back in the 20th century. Um, It's based a lot on, uh, in his mind, on childhood experience. And uh, ironically, he had a bad childhood, very tough father. And so he was sort of very, you know, into heading in that direction. Uh, while others disagreed. Uh, But Watson is responsible for one of the most controversial experiments of the uh, 20th century um, because he'd actually, to do his study, he'd have to recreate fear. So he'd literally have to find someone and utterly terrify them. Oh, jeez. 
So, and even stranger was who they chose was a nine-month-old infant. And he's actually, in the world of, of neuroscience and psychiatry, it's quite famous. He's known as Little Albert, Baby Albert. Um, and they had a clown mask and, and hammers and blunt objects. And um, he believes babies learn fear. Mm-hmm. Um, so they would like put a, uh, let's say, something that was you know set on fire in front of him, like a can with fire. Mm-hmm. But the baby wasn't fearful of fire because he didn't know it burns. Right. Um, but he, ironically, he was finally terrified because they went when they were presenting with him the second time they went behind him with two big metal uh blunt objects and clanged them together which made a big huge bang sound right which he he didn't see um so he was terrified when they went and did that so watson was was trying to condition albert to associate all those objects with fear hmm. so uh, now without the bang uh, he was scared the second time they pushed that stuff in front of him, but uh, you know he he said that you know you could learn extreme fear with any object. Right. You could you could literally create a phobia in a person. So uh, it's interesting. He, his work was his work was a landmark because by frightening little Albert, he he had shown that while our capacity for emotion is in is innate, um, how they how they develop depends on what we experience. Uh, that's so, truly incredible, and but also borders on unethical. <laughs> well, and then, well, that's what they said. You know, the, the you know we learn by we learn fear by association. Right. The same way we can unlearn it, like with cognitive behavioral therapy techniques and things like that. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know. Uh, the experiments were not the experiments were not pleasant, and you know uh, he had little Albert. I'll tell you a little about this guy Harlow. Who had his monkeys who scared shitless. Yeah, uh, it was pretty brutal techniques, but it was well worth the price paid. Hmm. Uh, you know, when looking back in retrospect. Yeah, I mean that's still a debatable topic since uh, the, you know some people may may say the ends do not justify the means no matter how much we learn from it it's abusive um uh, and you know i i personally would not be able to be one of those doctors that are scaring children and monkeys uh or torturing them in any sort of way no me Um, too but uh i know that that has happened in the past and we have learned quite a lot from it it's just do we go there and well that's you know, it was it was balancing that, but he knew that, you know, he 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 created a monkey model of depression. Mm-hmm. He needed to do that, and he felt by doing that, it can really, you know, it would be valid. It would show the big picture, and um, he proved and gave the world. This is Harlow, mm-hmm. um, which was in the 1950s. Um, he he had monkeys, and he had like a, in in a cage, he had on one side a feeder, which is just this metal feeder. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, there was no food. It was just a very soft material. Right. Um, so some would think, you know, to, to uh, you know, he wanted to sustain his life first, so he'd go to the food if he gets startled, let's say. But no, he actually ran to the soft, you know, I, because... Yeah. 
So uh-huh. he proved to the world that um, just how much we all need affection and physical right. contact. And interestingly enough, after Harlow, hospital-born babies were no longer separated from their mothers, but placed physically close to them. Yeah, yeah. So it seemed natural to many mothers, and now it was confirmed by science that he changed the way we dealt with the subject of love and how to raise children. Yeah, yeah. I've actually seen the video of the monkey uh, that you're talking about with Harlow's experiments. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw that years ago, and it... It's very well. They put him down actually, in a hole, and that was kind of rough. That was yeah, rough. and then he's got a this cage-looking thing mm-hmm. that feeds him, uh, and but he and they scared him shitless. You know, yeah, and, and no, it's he, it's disturbing yeah. to watch. Um, I know we, we learned but, a lot, but we it had to be done. I mean, we clearly, you know, Watson showed that emotions are learned, and Harlow that were intensely social creatures. Yeah. And, you know, you have to know that, that we're actually affected by others. People think it's sort of, we have this karmic uh, connection or whatever, but no, there's studies on, on if we're feeling pain or are we feeling the empathy of somebody else feeling pain? Like if you're watching a video of some, someone feeling pain, Yeah, if they image that, would they see the same things light up as if we were experiencing it? Right. You know, and psychopaths don't have that empathy. Yeah. And, you know, so there's, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Really interesting. It's interesting you bring up the whole topic of emotions um, when it's... Well, it's the, relevant to me. Well, yeah, exactly. But it's also relevant uh, in a geeky way to uh, Star Trek. And uh, it's it's currently the, it's the 50th anniversary of Star Trek, uh, oh, which is... congratulations. Crazy. Um, and... His show dealt a lot with the subject of emotions, uh, particularly well, Vulcans. Spock and exactly Spock, yeah. who's half half human and half Vulcan, right. right? And the human side is the emotional side, and he's repressing that as much as he can because he feels that the Vulcan logical side uh, is the 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 better side, uh, for lack of a better word. Um, I think it's, we've proved that it's the combination of the two, and it's exactly, probably. and I th- and I think that's what Gene Rod- Roddenberry's mm-hmm. uh, goal was ultimately to show through example that it is a combination that the humanity side, the the emotional side, uh, really makes us who we are, and being completely logical and and trying to avoid the emotions doesn't usually get you the result that you want. That's right. So, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's timely because the 50th anniversary of Star Trek and Gene Roddenberry was definitely ahead of his time. Well, and, and it's perfectly that you mentioned that because um, the last thing I was going to mention was, was the idea of empathy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but brain imaging is essentially showing us who we are as opposed to who we think we are. Ah, and yes. the last doctor I'll mention is Dr. Uh, Antonio Damasio in the 90s, um, showing the importance of emotions for decision making. Mm-hmm. So reason without emotion is nothing, and emotion is vital to feeling alive, and empathy is crucial in knowing who we are. Yeah. So we now realize that far from being something we have to curb or suppress or restrain, emotions are actually central to becoming a rational, fully functioning human being. Yes. So it, it's um, it 
it's really just sort of sh gives that frame of reference and really help you understand all the fancy schmancy talk right um that that you know our thinking centers in the back of our brain now have to meet up with our emotions and you know um it, it's it's the genetics get involved which create issues sometimes in mm -hmm. my case right so you know it's uh, i don't know for at least for me it's really uh, i needed to understand it um, yeah in whatever way I, I was really going to swallow it but um well, yeah, you get, you went to the point where you were actually like reading, um, like college textbooks on the subject. Oh yeah, I mean, like last night I read about a hundred pages of a neuroscience, you know, postgraduate book, and um, you know, I love it, but it's 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 uh, you know, I was never a sciencey guy. I was always Mister Right Brain, artsy fartsy. Yeah. Uh, but I I I I'm just fascinated by it, and um. Well, you know, it's, a, it's a fascinating subject, and the fact that it has essentially ruled your life for most of your lifetime—the uh, the whole, you know, the the mental illness and and the emotional side and everything—of course, you want to understand it because mm -hmm. uh, you're 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 finding out about why these things are happening and and why you are the way you are. Well, and ultimately, I also have the job of of having to explain it right uh and make some sense because you know i'm still processing it and, but in order to to regain and reattach relationships i have to say well here's why we all didn't know and why there was all this yeah you know um this this tense and and you know poor communication because yeah. you know they were dealing with somebody with a broken brain and it didn't have the things that they had. So, well, like you, you know. you've said in the past, uh, mental illness doesn't just affect the, the victim. It, it, it affects the, everyone around him. So. That's right. That's right. I mean, it's a, it's a malignant disease and yeah. it's, 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 you have to take it extremely seriously. The, the suicide rate is very high. It's, 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 it's a pain that you cannot explain. Right. I didn't mean to wrap that, but, uh, I mean, uh, you know, coming out of it, I could actually even tell you even better just how bad it is. Yeah. You know, I mean, I keep seeing the Terry Fox run that's happening, you know, and, uh, and it's an incredible story. I love the movie, you know, and, but you know, when I'm in that mode, I mean, I'd love to have to be missing one leg. Yeah. People say, oh, poor guy. Look, he's limping. You know, uh, so not only you have to sit through the worst pain you could ever imagine, you're locked up in this prison of hell in your brain, but then you got everyone judging you. You got to right. try and explain it. And there's just no, there's no way. And you can't. And, and that's that, I think, the word judging, uh, that's, I think, the biggest problem is mm -hmm. that because it's an invisible disease and, and you can't really see that you're suffering um people tend to judge you they're like oh oh he's a uh, he's like that his personality is that way mm -hmm. or you know he's just an ass or he just thinks about himself or whatever it might be uh not well, it, realizing it comes off it comes off like that and you can actually hear it but it's the only way you can you can deal it's just yeah i you know you're just incapable as if you if you had a you know uh 
synapse in your brain and all of a sudden you had a stroke and your arm's not right and you're talking you know slurred and yeah doesn't matter how brilliant you are it's you're not going to move your arm i mean it's just yeah this is science this is physical this is right you know and uh, i mean if you if i told myself that 15 years ago i'd say nah it's bull crap i'm just you know just so hard-headed and so masochistic and just i'm a lemon i said that to you probably yeah. several times that you know i mean you just you know make thousands of humans there's bound to be a lemon you yeah. don't know why you know it's, uh, it's made exactly the same way but you so you, it's you drew the short straw so to speak or the short allele i drew the short short straw it the short short straw paternal and maternal so yeah it's like it's like they had a plan, you know, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's really unfortunate, you know. But uh, it goes, it goes both ways too, that, um, you know, people shouldn't blame you for the disease, but at the same time, uh, you have to look back in history and realize they didn't know. Well, that's uh, it. I, yeah. I even said that in my conversation with my mother and I said, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, I think you knew something was not right because I knew something was not right. Yeah. Uh, she would always tell me how bright I am. And she kept going on about that yesterday. And, um, sure. I, I, again, as I said last time, I think that's probably why I, I haven't done the deed yet, if you will, and given right. up hope Yeah. because I knew that the, the other parts of the brain, if we can just make this come together in some way, something work, yeah. uh, you know, that, you know, I really have something in there. Yeah. And if we can put it all together, I think it could, you know, make a good uh, old man at this point. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's cool. It's really cool. Yeah. Well, and, and learning about it, like you said, I think learning about it is key. You, you have to understand what you're fighting. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and now with, with these, you know, I'm involved in all three of these major studies, which mm -hmm. are basically validating and giving answers, giving scientific evidence um, as to what this disease is. Right. Um, so, you know, uh, and I'm preparing myself to be able to explain it where, shit, just, you know, read the book, go to the website, yeah. you know, yeah. but, uh, but it's, it's, it's helpful to know for sure. So I wanted to uh, go back a little bit uh, to talk about uh, Robin Williams. You had brought him up um, and on our post about uh, World Suicide Prevention Day, um, you mentioned Robin Williams. And you, I, I, I believe you wanted to explain a little bit more about what happened with him. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, ultimately we don't you know how many Robin Williamses, you know, uh, famous people, babies have to die before. You know, people are just don't question this anymore. Right. Um, so, you know, I don't think people, you know, when I say to them, you know, he had the same disease as me. Uh, he suffered an intractable depression, uh, went for all kinds of therapies. Obviously, somebody who graduated from Juilliard and was an incredible success had every means available to him, right. and every doctor. So, you know, if that guy, our icon, the guy we put way up here mm -hmm. uh, got on a chair and hung himself. Yeah. You know, that just, shouldn't that be enough to say how brutal this, this thing could be? Well, it should you be know? enough for 
when anyone does that. Um, yeah, of course, it's, 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 you know, we should we want none of that to ever happen. Right. But people need to have these big, you know. Yeah. They pay attention more to the, to the well-known people, to the stars. And it's probably a product of the news, you know, all the sensationalism that, you know, they, they've molded us into that. Right. And you can't let yourself get caught up in all that crap. Yeah. You know, I, I'm the, the, the whole Trump thing is just sort of like, it's just sort of like an ongoing comedy. <laughs> it's like a anti Tribeca for <laughs> dumb politics, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, when, when I tell them, you know, about that, they say, well, no, I think he had Parkinson's or something. And uh, so I, I did want to just at least let everyone know what happened. Right. Um, but, you know, yesterday actually marked, um, actually, no, it was August 11th, uh, marked the two year anniversary of his death. Right. It's just a week before my birthday. Um, and the, it, it, it's that tragic suicide sparked a renewed conversation about the state of, of mental health care here in the U S mm -hmm. and on the second anniversary of his death, his daughter actually, um, and announced she was, uh, taking another break from, uh, social media, uh, cause she had an incredible amount of interviews and, mm -hmm. She wrote all kinds of screenplays after his death, and she really had a really rough time. They were very close. Yeah. Um, and as a quote is, uh, for those who always ask why, uh, it's so people can memorialize uh, her dad on the anniversary of his death. However, they uh, wish without me having to feel bombarded by it, uh, she said, and this is Zelda Williams. Uh, in her Instagram post, um, that you should continue to remember him for just doing it, doing so privately. Right. Um, and Twitter, people took time to remember, you know, all of his work and Aladdin, Mrs. Doubtfire and Dead Poets. And um, others took a day in a different direction, you know, uh, support groups and bipolar posts and, mm -hmm. and all kinds of stuff. Uh, um, but he suffered from from severe depression his whole life. Uh, he self-medicated his whole life. Uh, but I didn't know because he was just so high strung. Yeah. Uh, and he was like that, at, you know, when he was in school and he actually went to school with a couple of people you would know. And, um, uh, I think Ed Asner also had was interviewed and just, he was just a million miles an hour. And he found actually that it, if he would, medicate before going on stage he would he would panic and you mm -hmm. know all kinds so he he actually didn't do that but he medicated all the time and there are people now have come out that Williams would always try and get them drugs and they said no and hmm. you know um he had to do that and but the autopsy results uh released after his death they revealed he also suffered from two neurological conditions hmm. um the onset of Parkinson's, uh, but also a, a rare type called Lewy body disease. Um, you know, it's, it's very rare and, um, it, it's manifests itself in a similar way. Um, but severe impairment and, you know, a person's ability to carry out, you know, life activities. And, um, he was just sort of worn out and tired. Yeah. And that last movie, and I think I'd mentioned to you seeing it on Netflix, but it was 
right after they wrapped up that film, even the director had said he just seemed like he was just sort of out of gas. Yeah. And three months later, he hung himself. So, um, so this disease, you know, um, what do you call it? Louis body disease? Louis body disease. Yeah. yeah. That, um, that manifests itself in, in physical ailments. Like you, you can see it. Yeah. It's, um, it's much more complicated and, and unheard of condition. Uh, but he would battle hallucinations, oh. uh, in the days leading up to his death. And, um, it's a form of dementia. Uh, it's a uh. type of dementia and, and kind of a Parkinson's hybrid. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a complicated disease and doesn't end well. And, um, but first and foremost, he just, you know, he was always a loner, mm -hmm. um, you know, all the same things that I grew up with. And, uh, he escaped through self-medication and comedy and right. of course I did that amateurly and I probably could have done well if I yeah. had any ambition and a working brain. Yeah. But, uh, but he did and, and you got to give him that, but. The numbers now, according to the National Institute on Mental Health, and, and that actually it was 2014, 15.7 uh, million adults in the U.S. alone reported um, a major depressive episode within that previous year. Wow. Uh, and of those 15.7 million, uh, the Institute cited that 10.2 million experienced what they call severe impairment. Um, and that limits a person's ability to carry out anything, work, yeah. school, anything. Um, and in that same uh, year, 2.8 million adolescents uh, from 12 to 17 experienced major depression. And 2 million of those adolescents dealt with severe impairment. Um, they estimate about 6.3 uh, 6 million adults in the U.S. suffer from bipolar. You know, wow. it, it, the, the Alliance on Mental Health... Uh, list suicide as the 10th leading cause of death in the U.S. That was 2014. Hmm. Uh, and the second leading cause of death in people from the ages of 15 to 24. Yikes. Uh, they're giving up then. I mean, I'm 47. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, I'm like the Lewis Black of Canada. I'm starting my <laughs> career at 50, you know. Right. Uh, I hope, you know. Um, so it, it, it begs the question uh, whether... Uh, the rate of depression and mental illness is actually increasing or whether we now recognize it more than we used to. So, yeah. And I think, you know, the world's faster paced and with a lot of drama and they're just yeah. not as simple, uh, you know, as they were. But it also makes me, but it makes me wonder like in the past, maybe the, there were the same amount of people who were, suffering from depression percentage just, wise yeah percentage wise yeah we just didn't know about it there was no social media for people to talk about it um it was hard to get you know the communications out uh and also there was a huge there's still a huge stigma attached to it so people would wouldn't talk about it mm -hmm. so it makes me wonder whether it's just you know we're just more aware of it in this day and age so it seems like there's more around well, I, you know, I think there is too. I mean, you know, I mean, I always felt this for myself, you know, I, I shouldn't be in this crowded, crazy place when I have this massive anxiety. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but I, I truly believe it's, I mean, just like animals, if you, you know, if you have 20, uh, lions in a cage, 
it's what it sort of holds but now you have 40 of them i mean you know the the more crowded it is Mm -hmm. the more tense it can get you know and yeah and that's kind of inherent in human behavior so I mean, there's 7 million people in my city here. So if I stop on the sidewalk while I'm walking to tie my shoes, someone's going to bump right into me. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, we've got a lot of people and, and communication is much different now. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, so. Yeah, that, that's, a- that's true. You, because communication is so much easier and faster in this day and age, it, you know, on, on one side, I think that's great. Uh, it's it's excellent to to be able to communicate instantly worldwide, but on the other hand, <laughs> it hyperemphasizes the fact that I couldn't get right back to you within that. What do we have like <laughs> ten minutes? If you don't get back to a text, we get all pissy. Right. Well, yeah, you know? and you and then yeah, all the little alarms like you were saying when you were going through your anxiety episodes, you you would have to shut your phone off because any little beep, any little alarm would just set you off. And, and yeah, in this modern day and age, we are surrounded by constant beeps. Yeah. I bet that was the phone ringing. God forbid anyone knocked on the door. I mean, oh. I don't have a doorbell, but if I heard a knock, it's just instant, like, like panic, like a, a plane crash, a major catastrophe. Yeah. So it's this amygdala is just firing, you know, it's so overactive Yeah, and there's nothing to to dampen it yeah you're flooding your you're flooding your brain with fear chemicals and there's no extinguisher yeah and then you know starting you know sleepaway camp at like six seven years old i went in you know i didn't even have any experience i just went in knowing that they were all them and i was me yeah and i was inferior and this guy's gonna beat the shit out of me and they're gonna call me names and that's just the way it is yeah. You know, and I just couldn't, I didn't defend myself. I just, if I got hit, I just would cry. And, and yeah, it just, it was brutal. So, you know, this is something that the awareness is, is to focus on your kids, you know, those mm-hmm. key ages between five and 10 and what's learned that's going to stay with them. And because you got to fight the disease and also, you know, have to deal with all that crap. Yeah, and that I mean bullying is a huge problem because bullying can actually push a child into um getting uh a mental illness if it's psych- psychiatric, not necessarily neurological, but um you know, you're going to push a uh, a kid into uh you know closing off himself from the rest of the world because he's going to be afraid because he's getting bullied all the time. Right, if if it's the 50s and it was Fonzie, you know, and Somebody said, oh, I'm getting bullied. He was like, yeah, it's not being a pussy. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's, <laughs> but now, I mean, I, you know, labeling can be bad. You know, if you put too many labels on things and you just sort of, you know, content with that. Right. And yeah, but it, it's, I was bullied, you know, like, and we know now how detrimental that is when you're bullied at those key ages. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, it is putting sort of, it's answering, you know, exactly what, what was going on. Why did I know that just something was not right? Yeah. But I had no power to do anything about it. And um, now, you know, parents could be real sensitive to, you know, your kids is changing because your brain can, these things can, 
your brain can break yeah <laughs> in a sense um by uh you know fall kid falls off a skateboard and you don't realize that you know part of the brain may be affected right uh so that could be something that you develop when you're 20 i mean one of the child patients that i i've talked to had uh was fine up until 20 like this started for me when i was born right but for him uh, you know about 21 he just started getting severely depressed and there were no triggers no major life events you know mm -hmm. it just happened so uh, people around you those who love you those your friends your family they have to say hey you know you're not you yeah, yeah. you know so we're we're it's good the awareness is out there and people are at least paying attention to these things yeah and that's that's part of the the positive side of the increased communications we have in this day and age yeah and it's not being wimpy or you know it's just you can't just say you know shake it off self you know yeah uh, go, you know go watch a movie whatever it's just you know this is just so much more to it yeah definitely so you know that as I was mentioning those fears, I did want to mention, obviously, again, we have all kinds of resources and uh, place where I um, got some of this information was the Lakes Re uh, Regional Community Center, which operates a mental health counseling center in Mount Pleasant, which is very close here to Toronto. Mm -hmm. um, and it's uh, they offer counseling for trauma and depression, anxiety and other mental health challenges and group therapy and they assist with substance abuse issues and, you know, substance, uh, substance abuse, we'll call it self-medicating and, and yeah. depression are comorbid conditions. I mean, they generally occur concurrently with each other. Right. Um, you know, and, and they encourage people to look for warning signs mm -hmm. um, of mental illness in, in others, including, you know, withdrawing from your daily activities or, Changes in appetite, feeling of hopelessness, and racing yeah. thoughts and suicidal thoughts. I mean, uh, you know, the fact is that people, when they talk about suicide, uh, they're not drama queens or looking for attention. Right. Uh, those the people who talk about it verbally, you know, outright to the people they love. Um, you got to take that real seriously. Oh, absolutely. I, you, I mean, you know, that's you don't joke around about that, and. Uh, even if you think someone might be joking about it, you you, you have to take it seriously. Yeah, I mean, uh, you you reached out. You you've attempted suicide three times, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. And each time, um, you did reach out. Um, mm -hmm. I to, called the ambulance myself. Yeah. I took a lethal dose each time, uh, and this I think probably at least two out of the three times. Um, I was drinking yeah. um, as part of the self-medicating, and, and that's what put it over the edge. So oh, yeah. I want to put that out there because anyone out there who's feeling any depressive symptoms, don't even go near alcohol. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the a, worst it's a lethal weapon. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's essentially putting the gun to your head. I mean, it's, you it don't is. want that. No, I mean, I, you know, I think of taking this whole bottle, and then I had two drinks and just like, oh, fuck it. You know, yeah. and, and I took the whole damn bottle. Yeah, it so, removes the part of, of your thinking that, that stops you from actually going yeah. through with it and, and makes you say, ah, screw it, I'll do it. You're, um, you're making a, co a completely cognitively distorted decision. Yeah. 
you know, and you you're completely not socialized, so you have no one else there to set you straight. Yeah. So you're you're living in your own hell, and you know, uh, I don't think Robin Williams would have ever thought that you know my future is that I'm going to kill myself. Right. So it's tragic that a 63 year old incredible success success story would end up going out in that fashion. Yeah, when when yeah. he had all the resources in the world to help him. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean it's just it's terrible. Yeah. Um so I'm glad that we, we were able to at least clarify, you know, that and um you know, knowing that he had the severe depression from from childhood on mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden develop neurological conditions it's, it's very uh, similar to my case and yeah um there are very clear signs you saw them all throughout um you know and, yeah. and that's you know people need to see that and the, but there are resources all over the place and we're going to have them all on our resource page the national suicide prevention hotline and lifeline and yep. um you know uh, just all kinds of information and uh, self tests that you could take and, you know, and it helps steer you in the right direction. Which should I, you know, where should I go? Do I go to the hospital? Do I find a yeah. psychiatrist, et cetera? Yeah. The, the important thing is to reach out to anyone when, when you're like that, when you're feeling, uh, suicidal, when you're feeling depressed, uh, the best thing you can do is talk to people. Yeah. I mean, that's what they're there for. Right. You know, the, the, since the very beginning, they've proven we're, we're incredibly social creatures. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's uh, people just can be a little stubborn, but communication well, it's is, hard. is what it's, we've got. It's hard when you're when you're uh, in the throes of your disease to actually um, think straight enough to to try to reach out all the time. I mean, you. you I remember when in you were talking forms, to me. In different cases, yeah. Yeah, well, when you were talking to me, when you had all but given up, uh, you just, none of that mattered. None of the, you know, oh, there's there's hotlines you can call, there's people you can call. You didn't care. Um, but Yeah, I remember actually saying that to you. I think it was in the show episode. We might yeah. have had it on there, but that, like, I think I remember saying to you, prepare yourself for the worst. yes. And I remember it as if it was like a movie I saw maybe 30 years ago. Right. You know, and it wasn't me saying it. So it's it's really weird. Yeah. Um, and it really is David Banner and the Hulk, you know. It's, well, it's distorted. It's distorted thinking. It's, yeah. it's, the, it's the disease talking, as we always say. That's um, it. So you just have to try to um, think above it and and remember when you weren't feeling that way how you really truly felt and yeah and, and it's keep 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 it simple stupid i mean i've i've always said you know why nobody ever gives me the benefit of the doubt and yeah. you're the only one who did because you know just thinking logically why would anyone put them through something like that yeah. and be that way when i knew him as one guy and then he, but he's going to do that it, it's completely dysfunctional and unproductive and yeah. makes no logical sense. Yeah. I'll admit that, uh, I remember several times in college thinking to myself, why is he thinking that way? The hell's why he doing? Does, <laughs> yeah. What's, what's he doing? Like yesterday he was awesome and we were, you know, jamming and having a great time, writing music, whatever. 
and today he thinks the world is shit. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, and I didn't and, know. And nobody can relate. So most of the people will will again separate and learn to adapt without you. So mm-hmm. they've all given you know. So everyone shit and and nobody cares. So. And I'm a lemon. I'm a, a useless piece of crap on the bottom of your shoe, <laughs> and all the things I used to say. Yeah. Um, so there's, you know, hope is not something that you can, you know, read through all that. Right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah hopefully, this is like a time where we can uh, put the brakes on this thing, and, yeah. and people could know that. I mean, I, I my case is about extreme as you can be mm-hmm. uh, in this particular neurological disease and so you know if i'm still here uh everyone else should be too yeah uh and just as i'm writing back to some people who are just saying you know i've been sad my whole life and i don't know what to do and you know i said don't lose hope because i've been through it all and if you don't have hope i'll we'll chat and i'll give you some yeah and i want to do that for people and and hopefully that'll really help my self-concept and help me progress and and beat this thing. Absolutely. I mean, I think uh, I think being an advocate uh, for mental health is is something that you are uniquely qualified to do. I mean, they, yeah. they say that to become an expert in something, you have to do it for at least I think it's ten thousand hours or something <laughs> like that. You've wasted. What do we go? Twenty four times forty seven <laughs> is what? Yeah. Oh, you're asking me to do math. Well, you know, no, but we know the number is fiercely <laughs> incredibly retarded. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's terrible. But uh, things are changing. It's take. You know, I mean, I've lived three quarters of my life. Uh, it's not fair, but you know what? I can only think one way or the other. Either yeah. I. Say well, screw all, screw y'all. You screwed up my yeah. whole life, or have a great, maybe twenty years. You know, yeah. And exactly. take every day and appreciate every day, and don't, you know, you see when a new show's coming on TV, they start um, promoing like three months before. You yeah. know, and starting in October. Don't think about October. Think about tomorrow. Think right. about today. Yeah, we're all doing that. You know, think I'll about take right now. Yeah, yeah. If you're burnt out, it's like, oh, no, I got to get through this because I got to pay off my PG&E bill or whatever. It's, no, no, do it now, yeah. you know, because yep. you could wake up tomorrow either dead or, or <laughs> God forbid, you know, with, with a horrible disease. Waking up dead, that's that's tough to do. Waking, I did say that, didn't you I? You did say that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, isn't it ironic? Don't you think? Yes. So. Thank you, Alanis. Yeah, it's kind of sad that we've all started to adapt that from her. So. <laughs> uh, but um, there is so, a lot of irony in human behavior. Yes. That's for sure. Yeah. But hopefully, you know, people have a good sense that, you know, we have this this new thing that hopefully now people will go to the doctor and they'll, when there's any question on, on getting whatever they're suffering from better, they can actually go to a, a nearby lab get mm-hmm. their mouth swabbed, get a, a DNA profile within two days, yeah. and you're now set in the right direction. Maybe it'll take you a year to whatever, but I was struggling with the three decades of yeah. over a drug back to back to back and trying everything. 
and uh, all for not if we yeah. could go well, back in time. Let's let's hope that uh, these procedures do become uh, commonplace when trying to diagnose uh, someone with a mental illness, because uh, it yes. sounds like this is this is really it's it's a tre- tremendous leap in technology and being able to see the brain and and how it reacts. Uh, I mean, that's that's great. Uh, that that is just it's one step closer to a possible cure. That's right. And, and at least, you know, I'm on nothing but a multivitamin. I did that on purpose. Mm-hmm. I just seem to be able to read these things. And, um, and it's, it's proven the DBS is absolutely 100% working and it saved my life. Yeah. It's now it's, so it's clear, no questions anymore. And now it's just, what do we do to make it hold? Right. You know, that's the next step in studying sleep and studying, uh, you know, exactly. He continues studying on the relationship between these parts of the brain and how they work together. Yeah. And and even on the psychological side, uh, when something negative might happen uh, on a day to day basis, you know, just on a regular day, uh, not to take it as a, oh, the world's out to get me, you know, and just take it as a regular, oh, well, that happened. Okay, well, big deal. I'll just pick myself up and move on. Uh, and that's just kind of the, the kind of thinking, uh, or, or I guess I should say, quote, unquote, normal thinking that uh, you want to have. That's yeah. right. And you, you can't, yeah, you, you have to address each thing and you can't just say, you know, it's, it's bad habit. You yeah. Know? And, you know, we leave it at that. I'm, I'm 50 and you can't change me. Uh, you know, Bullcrap. You know, we're, yeah. the whole idea of life is to, you know, continue living and learning as you, you know, till the day you die. Yeah. And adapting. Yeah. People like to get that dramatic attention by saying, ah, oh, 72, you know, it can't change me. And <laughs> no, the whole point is, is to get better and better. Exactly. We're coming up on an hour now, so uh, that's pretty much all we have for today. That's what uh, it rains on this thing, and yeah. Yeah. Actually, next week we're going to have a, a special guest on um, who's dealing with Asperger's syndrome. So we're going to talk a lot about uh, that family of diseases, the autisms, uh, oh, yes. Asperger's, uh, ADHD, and their relationship and how that affects them socially, et cetera, and so that'll be a real good Yeah, good that'll show. be very, very interesting, definitely. Yeah, and he's a, he's a great guy, longtime friend, and we'll, we'll offer some, some insight on what's happened to me over the last seven years since I worked with him Yeah, uh, and had to stop. And went from Bay Street to brain surgery. Yeah. So that's our show for tonight. Uh, we want to thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Please follow us on Twitter at UnhingedPC and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash unhinged podcast. Also be sure to check out our website if you haven't done so already. It's at unhingedpodcast.com. We'll see you all next week. Take care. <laughs>